Welcome to season two of Employee Buzz, a podcast about reaching, engaging, and motivating employees. This season, we'll continue to bring you fresh perspectives and expert advice on employee communication. You'll hear from new guests about new topics. And as always, we'll finish with a fun game. Okay, let's dive right in. Here's your host, Alyssa Zeff. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Employee Buzz. I am Alyssa Zeff, your host. Some things about me you may not know. I love Star Wars. I went skydiving 20 years ago and absolutely loved it. And I am an escape room expert. I have never not escaped from the 12 escape rooms that I've done. I am here with Darlene Hyde. Hey, Darlene. Hey, why am I not surprised about that escape room thing? Yes, I'm a little competitive. (laughs) Darlene is a senior project director at Davison Company. You may recall Darlene joined us on season one of Employee Buzz, where she talked about leader communication. Darlene is also a fan of Star Wars. I wonder if that will come up again later. A fun fact that I just learned about Darlene recently is that she used to be an inline hockey coach. Very impressive, Darlene. Men's league. I like to boss them around. Yes, excellent. (laughs) So today we're going to talk about a whole new topic, communication to create learning. All right. Let's start by helping our listeners understand what that means. What is the connection between communication and learning? Communicators, we're always talking about how to move employees from being aware of something to being engaged, right? Everything's about how do we engage employees? Oh, you know, awareness seems to be on the knowledge chart, kind of the low end of the spectrum. So if we think more about learning and how people learn, we stop thinking about how to engage them. How do we do that? But instead, we start to create experiences that facilitate how they learn, especially how adults learn. If we can think about creating learning experiences rather than engagement experiences, we can influence that movement from awareness to that engagement. Engagement is the result. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and it's interesting to build on what you're saying. It's In so many organizations, they hear learning and they're like, oh, that goes to our learning group or our training group, right? And then it becomes, that sits over there. That's not something a communication person wears as part of their hat. What I think we're going to dive into today and what I like is that learning is needed no matter what you're communicating. Correct. Learning requires layers of different types of communications. So, you know, you've got guided instruction, you've got self-guided practice, repetition, feedback. If you think about all the kinds of communication that we create, that's what we're doing. So when we get out of this mindset of communication is about sharing news and sharing information and thinking more about we're building knowledge and engagement, we're shifting into that learning discipline. And when you start looking at it that way, you can go back and look at decades of research from sociologists, from psychologists and behaviorists, and you can take a lesson from some of the things that they've done over the years. It's really interesting. And I think it starts with the idea of being objective-based with your communication, knowing upfront what are you trying to accomplish. And very rarely is that answer going to be, oh, just to get this thing in front of that person. 
you know, just get something in front of my audience. It's either that you want them to be more aware of something, which is some level of learning, or you want them to do something differently, change an attitude, change a behavior. In that case, you realize that just putting something in front of them, just pushing out information really won't have the impact you're trying to go after. That's right. And again, you're looking for how to get to that result, right? And to do that, you use these sort of learning techniques that have been developed over the years. What are these techniques? What are some examples that move people, employees specifically, from awareness to engagement? Well, there's three communication techniques that I can think of that we've employed plenty with our clients. And those three are the bite snack meal approach. There's immersive storytelling. And then of course, there's this hands-on learning. All right. So let's dive into each one of these a little bit. Start with bite snack meal. Tell me a little bit about that. So based on the research that we've done with employees, and we've done a lot, We know that employees want tailored communication. People want to be able to customize their intranet homepages so that they just see the feeds that they want. But we also know that internal communicators can't tailor every piece of communication to every employee. So the key with Bite Snack Meal is that it's like the illusion of customization, right? So if you want to serve up just a headline and a summary, that's a little bite that gives you an idea of what that communication is going to be about. The snack might be a little bit more. Maybe it's a short article. So the bite leads them to a short article that gives them a little bit more information. And then maybe that article leads them to a larger policy document. If you feel so inclined to read the full policy document, you can have at it. So that's the meal. So it's the illusion of customization where you get, you take a little bit, just what you need today. You know, another great example and where I see Bite Snack Meal come to life a lot, and it also connects to learning because you're trying to get people to understand and change behavior, connects to benefits, right? And so there's so much involved in benefits and your full plan, the detailed plan, then it has everything, that's your meal. But nobody's really going to read that meal cover to cover. So the bite is when you send the postcard that says, hey, you have to take an action on this day. The snack is a little more detail about one component of the plan, right? Like, oh, here's our, a summary of what's new in our medical benefits this year. And like I said, the meal is the full plan. And it's such a great example because employees do need to know about this. They do need to learn what is available. But if you just send them the plan, there's no way they're ever going to read it from cover to cover, or are they ever going to understand it? Right. And what's interesting is a lot of our HR clients, there's this thought that if they give them all the information, they have everything they need to make the decisions. Right. And the truth is you're not helping anyone with that giant plan, because like you said, they're not going to be reading it from cover to cover and then making the decisions you know, they're going to end up calling HR anyway to help them make those decisions. Exactly. So it behooves us to take these approaches that help the employee learn a little bit more what they need. Let's talk about immersive storytelling. That was your second concept. Tell us about that. Well, storytelling has been buzzword, right? It's been for the past, I don't know how many years, 10 years or so, it's all about storytelling. But it in fact is 
the oldest form of communication. You look back at cave drawings from early man and communication and storytelling have gone hand in hand for centuries. Hula is a form of storytelling, believe it or not. But the thing about storytelling is it takes these abstract concepts and brings them to life. If you want to talk about a strategy, tell a story about a team who's living the strategy. That's the best way to sort of give people an example, a live example of what that strategy means. You know, it can often connect with employees emotionally. You can use characters, real or made up. And if you're building a story and one of the better, you know, the classic story has this character development, conflict and resolution. So it connects with people. It'll bring you back to having a story read to you as a kid. So in learning, storytelling essentially falls under the social research called observational learning. And this is, you know, especially when a leader, let's say a leader tells a story If you connect with that leader or you have some kind of reverence for that leader, you may then imitate that leader or follow their lead. So that's all that leading by example, kind of. So that's another way that storytelling comes to life. So a great example of this, I think, is business strategy. We consult our clients a lot because a business strategy is very abstract. It's not very human. It doesn't feel easy to connect to. But what we've helped so many clients do is take this and really humanize it and tell the stories of how the strategy is coming to life or the impact that the strategy is having on your end users in healthcare. Very often that's a patient and stuff like that. And that really helps people feel connected to the strategy, which helps them want to understand it, learn it, and know how to contribute to it. Great. So Our last technique that you mentioned is hands-on learning. Tell me more about that. Well, hands-on learning, um, it's just what it sounds like. It's learning by doing, by participating. But, you know, how do you learn how to drive, right? I've got a kid who's learning how to drive and it's it's very (laughs) hands-on, you know. And when you're in high school, right, you take government classes, you participate in mock governments to learn how government works. So this is how we think about how our kids learn. Why not take those same sort of principles to help employees learn, right? Again, it taps into those experiential emotions, the senses that you have when you're participating, and those things help promote retention. And then it also, if your participation is another great thing that you get from hands-on learning, is this feeling of buy-in and agreement. When you're trying to hash out a problem and you bring people together and everybody is trying to solve the problem, that participation kind of helps everybody. You don't have to go to this next layer of now everyone has to approve it. Everyone participated in it. So chances are having it approved have just gone up exponentially. What's an example of hands-on learning in an organization? An obvious example is when you have a new process, let's say, or a new system that you need to learn. You can't just send people an email or a message and expect them to miraculously understand it and and know what to do. Often training falls under that, right? You give people the opportunity to try things out, ask questions, get their questions answered in a live hands-on setting. So that's kind of an obvious example. 
I think what's interesting about this one is that it doesn't have to be come up with new channels and new ways to do it. You can build hands-on learning into existing channels and existing meetings. So it's about creating dialogue. It's about rehearsing and practicing and trying things and breakout sessions and also helping managers, you know, empowering managers to do this. So it doesn't have to feel like it's additive, like, oh God, now I have to help people learn too. No, it's about taking what you're already doing and making it work a little harder. Yeah, exactly. Well said. (laughs) So last question before we get to the fun part. If a communication professional says, all right, I buy into this. I understand what you're saying. I want to do this. Where should I start? How does someone get started on infusing learning into their communication? Well, I think you start with that mindset shift, right? You reposition your thinking. So it's not about what you need to communicate. We can't think about creating communication to teach. It's about creating experiences that enable the learning process. It sounds like I'm saying the same thing, but I've thought about this a lot. When you focus on the experience, not on creating the communication, then you're going to, by just nature of that task, think about how is the person I'm communicating to or the audience I'm communicating to going to receive what I'm providing. And so by that mindset shift, that's the big first step. Then we go back to something that you had said earlier, Alyssa, about identifying objectives, right? So that's when we're talking about experiences. What is that end state? What is it that you're trying to achieve for that employee? We call that the no believe and do. What do you want the employee to no believe or do differently as a result of your communication? So once you position your objectives, not about what you're trying to do, but what you're trying, the end result, what you're trying to achieve, that's the next thing. And then you go about creating experiences or a combination of experiences. So you can use the bite snack meal approach. You can try some hands-on learning. You can do some storytelling, whatever that is, you create this combination of experiences that help you meet your objectives. And help you drive learning. Yes, exactly. This is going to break through. It is. (laughs) Well, Darlene, thank you so much for being here again on Employee Buzz. This is really interesting and I think really valuable and a shift that we're going to hopefully see a lot of in internal communication. Hope so. All right. Now it is time to spin the wheel of games. Get ready. Give it a big spin. Today, we are going to play Star Wars Trivia. Oh my God, I cannot believe that happened. It is crazy coincidence that we are both Star Wars fans, that we landed on Star Wars Trivia. Oh, and our guest host, Eric, has just joined. Some of you may recall Star Wars Trivia Part 1 happened in Season 1 when I hosted Casey on Employee Buzz. So this is our second round of Star Wars trivia. But again, Eric has graciously volunteered to serve as host and has developed all of the questions. Hello, everybody. I'm very excited for round two. So just like last time, we're only talking the original trilogy. So these are going to be episodes four, five, and six. 
we're going to start with A New Hope and we're going to work towards Return of the Jedi. Chronological order, noted. Yep. So ready whenever you guys are. Okay, we're ready. Okay, let's begin with A New Hope. Who is the commander of the Death Star who made a special CGI reappearance in Rogue One? Alyssa, I see you buzzed in. Uh, General Tarkin. That is correct. And for an extra point, do you know his obscure first name? No. <laughs> Darlene? Grand Maul, Moff, something. <laughs> yeah, it's, he's Grand Moff, isn't he? But that's not his first name. It's Wilhuff Tarkin. No Wilhuff. one that. Yeah. That kind of sounds right. like a Lord of the Rings character. <laughs> Possibly. Next question. In the cantina, Han Solo seems surprised Obi-Wan hadn't heard the Millennium Falcon. Why? Oh, I saw, that's a tie. I saw both at the same time. Go ahead, Darlene. <laughs> Never heard of the Millennium Falcon? She did the Kessel Run in less than 12 parsecs. Let's go to the tape. It's a ship that made the Kessel Run in less than 12 parsecs. <laughs> Darlene is correct. I actually might have been wrong. I would have said just 12 parsecs. I don't think I would have said less than. Well, she got it spot on. So when Luke sees the Millennium Falcon for the first time, what does he call it? Darlene. What a piece of junk. What a piece of junk. <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> Dar another point for Darlene. Okay, moving on to the next question. This will be the last one in A New Hope. What is Luke's X-Wing ranking? Darlene. He is Rogue Five. That's incorrect. Oh, his ranking. Ooh. Um, I, Red Leader. You were both so close. And if you combined your answers, <laughs> you would have been correct. So let's go. Rogue Leader. Let's go to the tape. Red five. I'm going in. He is red five. Wait, isn't that what Darlene said? I said rogue said five. Rogue five. And I said red leader. Red leader. <laughs> <laughs> Combined, right. you have all the knowledge. <laughs> See? All right. Together, okay. we're a whole person. <laughs> yes. A whole Star Wars brain. <laughs> exactly. So moving on to the next film. This one has a little bit of uh, an interesting factoid in it. While filming Empire Strikes Back, Mark Hamill was in a car accident that fractured his nose and left cheekbone. To explain the injuries, which Hoth creature attacked Luke at the beginning of the film? Darlene. It was the, um, oh my God, the ice creature, the <laughs> abominable crud. I don't remember the name of it. I don't remember its name either. It is the... <sighs> Time is up. Dang it. It what is called a wampa. Oh, yeah, that sounds really familiar. The only reason <laughs> I know that is from a Star Wars video game. <laughs> <laughs> a little plug for Shadows of the Empire on N64. There we go. Wow, N64. <laughs> I've dated myself. Yes. So this one is going to be a finish the quote. I'm going to play a clip, and then you let me know what is Han Solo's response. Are you ready? Why, you stuck up half-witted, scruffy-looking nerf herder. I saw Darlene's first. Oh, man. <laughs> Who's scruffy-looking? Yeah. <laughs> Let's go to the tape. 
Who's scruffy looking? <laughs> I actually knew that one. Oh, another point for Darlene. Alyssa, I know you know them. You got to be quicker. I, I thought I was quick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good with the quotes. That's all I got. Well, we got another one for you. When Luke is attempting to rescue his ship from the swamp, he says he will give it a try. How does Yoda reply, Alyssa? Do or do not, there is no try. Let's go to the tape. All right, I'll give it a try. No, try not. Do or do not. There is no try. Correct. Another point for Alyssa. You guys still having fun? Yes, of course. All right, next question. When Luke arrives at Cloud City and engages Vader in a lightsaber duel, which of Luke's hands does Vader sever? Alyssa. Left. I'm sorry, that's incorrect, and Darlene. You're right. <laughs> the rebuttal, that is correct. His right hand, which is also his lightsaber hand. So that is the final question for Empire Strikes Back, which brings us to... Return oh, I better think on Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> okay. How does Luke get his lightsaber back before he's thrown into the Sarlacc pit? Darlene. R2 has it hidden and it throw he throws it up. That is correct. <laughs> R2-D2 launches it to him. So in this next one, we're going to play a clip and you let me know which character is speaking in this scene. We have no choice, General Calrissian. Our cruisers can't yes. repel firepower of that magnitude. I was first because I clicked before the clip even came I up. Saw, I saw Alyssa's was first. <laughs> that was Admiral Akbar. <laughs> that is correct, Admiral. Do you know Akbar. what his Do you know what his species is? Oh, I I don't know that. No. I stumped you. <laughs> you stumped the stumper. Wait, does our technical Mon, He's Mon yeah, Calamari. Jump in on that one. <laughs> <laughs> what is he? He's Mon Calamari. Oh, that sounds no, delicious. Kind of funny. <laughs> is he really? Yes. Okay. Here's another. Finish the quote. Oh. Then I am a Jedi. <laughs> Not yet. One thing remains. Darlene. Vader, you must confront Vader. Let's go to the tape. Vader, you must confront Vader. Then, wow. Only then, a Jedi will you be. Oh, I didn't know how far I had to go. Correct. Oh, you know, <laughs> that was it. Vader, you must confront Vader. Only then, a Jedi, will you be. Another point for Darlene. <laughs> okay, final question. What are Darth Vader's final words? Darlene. I don't know if this is right, but he says, take this mask off. I want to look at you with my own eyes. That is correct. That is what he says, but those are not his, not his last, last words. words. The final <laughs> words that he utters before he dies. Spoiler. <laughs> I, I don't know. What does he say? My son. Something my son. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know either. Casey, you look like you want to answer it. <laughs> you were right. <laughs> I was crying when this was happening. I didn't hear it. <laughs> Let's go to the tape and hear exactly what he says. You were right. 
it about me. Tell your sister you've arrived. Oh, what a powerful scene. Oh, and our big winner is Casey. (laughs) (laughs) If that was worth 10,000 points. 10,000 points. (laughs) But with the final question and the scores are tallied, Darlene was our winner today. Congratulations, Darlene. That was super fun as always. Thank you, Eric, for participating and helping us out. Thank you again, Darlene, for being here. Hope you had a great time. It was fun. Thanks. Thanks for joining us on Employee Buzz, where we laugh and learn. If you like what you're hearing, go to your podcast platform, iTunes, Podbeam, Stitcher, or Google Play to rate and review.